0: Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com, and uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in um, tonight. I'm going to do a little grab bag. I have some listener questions. People have emailed me some questions, and I want to talk about some uh, transit stuff, notably saturn and uranus each stationing which happens uh but they're quincunx from scorpio res- to aries respectively and there's something interesting they're chain they're slowing down to, to move in different directions in this tense place in a quincunx which is already weird so i want to explore that for a little bit um and i want to do a debrief of the Channel and call I did two nights ago on Monday the seventh, which was about transforming the effects of abuse. Um, I guess that's going to be part of my announcements, um, so I'll do that pretty early in the show. Uh, I do want to say that MP3 is available, and uh, it was very intense, very powerful. And I'm hearing from people that it leaves them in their bodies. There's an intense clearing out process and then planting new seeds of empowerment and uh, healthy boundaries and the willingness to say yes and no and recalling energies that belong to you that have been lost through abusive uh, scenarios at any time in life. So, what I've heard uh, from three people so far is that this sense of being in the body and having a bunch more energy and kind of one woman said she woke up without aches and pains, uh, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, so, anyway. That MP3 is, is available. Uh, actually, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna talk about that first. We'll, we'll lead off with that before uh, the other announcements. Um, my experience doing as the channel for that, uh, event, I was really amazed at how it was unfolding and I kept thinking, this is even cooler than the other ones, which I'm kind of surprised about because the other ones were very cool. <laughs> so this is the fourth, um, event titled Transforming Something, and um, this started with the energy clearing, uh, 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 the energy clearing, the um, consciousness upgrade uh, event is what happened, the the clinic that happened in late 2012, and then about a year later in August of 2013, we started uh, with this transforming series, so now we've done four of those. And these are tools to use over and over again to move through uh, difficult dynamics, clean kind up of the past. One's about uh, overcoming anxiety, one's in depression, you know, transforming that experience. Another one is about self-doubt, and this one's about abuse. So we're evolving here, we're moving through, and uh, going through a whole list of things, and, and I'm sure over the next few months I'll be shown what the next one's going to be. Um, so it was, it was great. I felt Metatron a little louder than usual. I felt Jehudi's voice a little more intense and I actually thought, wait a minute, this might be too intense. And Jehudi said to me kind of off stage while he was doing the stuff, doing the call, hey, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Trust me. And they built in pauses in, in the call. So it gets a little intense and then there's a, there are a couple minutes where you relax and then it ramps up again very gently, very slowly for another 10 or 15 minutes and then you relax again. And, um, it's just really important to encounter these frequencies. Now, previously on the show, um, you know, in the last year and a half or so, you've heard two different episodes which were Jehudi. Uh, channeling Jehudi stuff. One was on a, a full moon thing. One was the Healing Suicide MP3 that's free through tdjacobs.com. Uh, it was a Scorpio full moon uh, clearing call that I had done. And um, so you, you, you've heard Jehudi a little bit, and some of, most of you know me as an astrologer, but um, really I'm looking to emphasize the channel side of it because as I hold the particular frequencies of these beings, um, you get benefit just by hanging out with those energies and so um so these channeling events are really important and the thing about abuse is that there are all kinds of uh dents and scrapes and scratches that can get into our emotional bodies our emotional fields uh, from the experience of abuse as well as other dynamics of you know once we receive something we don't want we might not be open to receiving things we do want at other times uh but the basic fact of these dents and scratches can have us being reactive and not comfortable being present. And in the case of the three people who, who let me know about their experience uh, after the call, not able to be in their bodies fully. When you're in your body, you just are. You just are there. So I encourage you to check out these things. I put a ten and a half minute, uh, the first ten and a half minutes of that call on uh, the page on my site uh, through which you can order. Uh, the transforming the effects of abuse call i think that um to be clear all kinds of abuse including you know low grade long term manipulation and pressure and, and and all kinds of things like that as well as something traumatic and or violent and or uh you know fitting in into the category of sexual abuse all kinds of things all kinds of things within relationships where you're not happy with what has happened or you feel taken advantage of in any way or you feel perhaps you don't relate to any of that but you feel perhaps that you could establish new boundaries now better ways of participating in relationship being available for certain things and choosing to be unavailable for other things saying no thank you this mp3 would be great for that so you can check out the first 10 minutes where jihudi starts to explain things and takes you into the grounding meditation you can get a sense of the feel of that mp3 i encourage you to check that out through tdjacobs.com linked from the home page you can check that out um brecciated red jasper pieces charged with the energies of jihudi and uh Archangel Metatron are going out to find homes around the world. About 20 have been shipped out uh, so far. Starting to hear some nice comments from people. Um, clarity about what belongs to one, what doesn't. Um, you know, having more energy, feeling the need to release old relationship patterns and having the, the stone arrive in the mail and having that feel very easy to do, which is new for one person who, who wrote to me. Really working. To shed stuff about a particular relationship that has been that is over, uh, but the the stone kind of making things clear and how to release those things. So I'm really excited about that. Those are also available through my site, as well as the charged tiger iron stones. With the tiger iron, there's, there are a bunch of uh, resources if you haven't encountered that before. And uh with the Red Jasper there are two, but it's different. The, most of the Red Jasper resources are uh channel PDFs. One is the goddess, past, present, and future book. The PDF through my site is free. I want you to go get that and read about Judy's perspective, basically goddess and gods, soul's perspective on why patriarchy came into play. Why we as a species, as a as a divine collective, created an imbalance between gender. And how to actually move through that now and heal the past. So I encourage you to get that 100-page PDF and also the uh, 33-page Healing the Effects of Sexual Abuse with Perky Red Jasper. Now, the whole thing about the Red Jasper, if you're piqued or curious or, or wondering about second chakra issues, I wanted to be really clear that those materials – tend to focus on healing abuse and healing sexual abuse and all these kinds of things. But in fact, relationship boundaries, saying yes and no to something, you know, actually asserting what one wants and then saying no thanks to what one doesn't want when it comes, that is key here. So this has to do with all all kinds of relationships. It has to do with money. It has to do with sexuality in general even if not difficult or painful. It has to do with um uh, Rebalancing—you can read on my blog uh, from one client a post. Uh, I posted it as a post a testimonial about working with the the red stone for a few weeks, the charged stone, and even physical effects regarding her monthly cycle, changing and improving and balancing out. So you can read about that. So the red stones are really uh, are really interesting for all those reasons. So you can you can uh, you can see that, um, and then the last. The last announcement is actually a big one. And I, I said last week that this was uh, probably going to happen. I think I quoted a, a, a confidence level of about 86.2 or 3%, something like that. And um, it's happening. Every day in August 2014, so today is uh, July 9th, so starting in about three weeks, every day for 20 minutes, I'm opening up a conference call line, and you can call in to get. 20 minutes of energy work from Jehudi and Metatron. Now, 20 minutes might not seem like that much, but every day during the month you can call in. So some people can call once a week. Some people want to call every day. Other people might want to call in a few times and see how, see how it goes. But incremental changes lead, accumulate to big changes. Small things can add up when we're doing energy work. This is going to be clearing work. This is going to be the kind of stuff that we do in these major channeling events where we transform people's lives in 90 minutes, but this is 20 minutes at a time. It's actually a very reasonable investment. So I want to explain some details and I want you to make some notes and put some stuff on your calendar uh, right now. Uh, if you're hearing this long after, understand, uh, keep, keep uh, updated with my site or Facebook or Twitter uh, because, uh, or my blog, because I will be doing this in different formats, uh, uh now and then. I can't do it every day, every month. Uh, That's not reasonable. But uh, for 20 minutes a day, I'm completely excited uh, to do this. So it'll be 6 p.m. Pacific to 6.20 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 p.m. to 9.20 p.m. Eastern, August 1st through 31st. So every day. And you're going to get grounded. You're going to use a 13-minute MP3 before you call in. And then you're going to call in, and I will begin right on the hour. And the, the, the number will be posted uh, in the next couple of days in the announcement and on my site and in my site calendar. So you'll be able to call in. And uh, a couple of unique things I really want to explain. 20 minutes is not a big deal, but as I said, small effects accumulate. And I've been doing this every day, well, almost every day for about three weeks with my mom and, uh, just cause she was having some, some muscle pains and something in her back not aligned and it was really kind of, uh, dragging her down. So, um, I've been doing this every day with her and she's noticing major effects, emotional, physical, <laughs> intellectual, psychological, like all different kinds of things. And that inspired me, uh, to do more than just kind of help my mom, uh, but, but to offer this to a lot of people. And, um, so you're gonna, you're gonna get grounded, de-stress, and then you're going to call in right on the hour. And I will start right on the hour. I'm very punctual. I have Saturn in Gemini, and I'm very punctual. So uh, if you call in after that because you can't you know, you know, call in earlier, that's okay. Uh, but it's good to be grounded and relaxed first. And then for 20 minutes, if you give permission, which we will ask for, you're going to join in the circle, so to speak. And we're going to do energy work that affects you. And then you're going to go about your business after 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes. But then you're going to call back the next day. So I'm opening this up to get this cumulative effect. And if you're somebody who can call in two or three times per week, it's better than nothing. I don't imagine that many people will do it every day. But if you can, uh, I want you to uh, leave time open just in case you can. Now, this is not going to work for people in Europe because of the time difference unless you're up in the middle of the night. And that's okay. I will At another point, I'm saying it's okay, but that's because at a, a later date, I will do another one at a different time of the day, probably every day for a month to open it up. So, so mark your calendars. August of 2014 is a, an opportunity for daily energy work and connection with your guides because that's also going to happen. We're going to call them in while we do energy work. And so you can bring to the table – you can come with the intention, so to speak, to heal a physical issue, to get guidance uh, you know, to uh, on a particular issue, to – get clarity on a relationship or a decision you have to make to come in to say, I want to trust life more. I want to connect more with my guides, with my intuition. I want to shed the past. You know, whatever thing that seems out of balance for you or seems missing, you can use uh, this opportunity to, uh, to work with it and to open up to receive guidance and support. What I'm learning is that uh, through Through doing this every day with my mom, who is not initiated into these spiritual ways that we talk about you know on the show and and the and that we kind of we kind of traffic in uh, and you know in the kind of readings i do she she 's not really initiated into that, so a lot of these things are new, and i 'm explaining these principles and explaining how the power of intention matters quite a lot, how deciding to be open to receive support and being willing to say yes and no and all this kind of really basic lower chakra things can open us up to re- just um, interacting, interfacing with these frequencies that can help things shift. So if you have a tiger iron stone and or a red jasper stone, you can bring it to the call. It'll probably get activated with heat, which is what's happening with my mom's stone, uh, as soon as I tune in and start uh, sending energy her way, the stone gets warm and she, she tells me every time like it's never happened before, which is very which is very cute because to her like I'm only two weeks ahead of her, but to her it's kind of magical it's kind of science fictiony and I'm only two weeks ahead, so I'm like, oh yes I know it gets warm uh, but anyway this is a great effect and it stays warm afterward and she can use it it's a radio receiver for these frequencies you know it's attuned. To these particular frequencies that I use, so here's the the last bit of detail. How much does it cost? It costs. It's very affordable. There's a sliding scale, which kind of fits with what I've been doing lately. Um, five to ten bucks per day. Now I'm publishing the number, and it makes it really easy for me if you don't pay for every call. That makes it much easier for my bookkeeping and keeping track of things. So essentially, we're doing an honor system thing where I'm publishing the number and the, and the conference number code. And then you're going to call in when you can. And at the end of the month, you're going to count the number of days that you called in. And you're either going to send me or, or you're going to ask me to invoice you a PayPal or give you my address to send a check for five to ten times the number of days you participated. So if you need to budget that, that's cool. Um, But it's going to be at the end of the month. So I'm offering this to you, and then you at the end are going to do an honor system uh, accounting process, and be in touch with me, and you know, and uh, let me know. But I'm not monitoring things. There's there's no gate because this is part of the Uranian experiment to do energy work and open things up, and to do some Aquarian age kind of paradigm stuff uh, to shake things up. And so you're going to at the end of the month count up how many days you used and then you're going to, to to send me send me that cash so so I'm really excited about that look for an official announcement Facebook Twitter my blog through my site uh, so I'm, I'm very uh, I'm really excited about that because um, I know that it will make minor changes that lead to major changes for you uh, in your life whether uh, you need some support with a physical issue or emotional, spiritual, uh, anything like that. And, uh, really one of the, one of the big goals is, is, well, one of the goals is the energy work and, and, and getting you on board with that and getting you to experience that in a very affordable way. But the other is to have you learn these simple techniques for connecting with your guidance team, even if you don't know who they are and don't know, uh, anything about you know, who they are or what might be happening. I want you to uh, be able to access them and connect them. So we're going to train you. We're going to teach you every day to do the simple thing. Again, you don't know you, – you might not know who they are, but to just connect that and feel that level of support and connection to the earth, it, it can transform uh, transform our, our, our relationship to fears, so, I'll also be talking about that over the next few weeks. But I want you to make a note in your calendar uh, for every day in August. We're doing this at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, for 20 minutes. So, uh, this is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. I'm going to take my first break. Stick stick with me. I'll be right back with some uh, listener questions.
0: positive thoughts. Tried to forgive yourself and others for everything and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, Channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213 925 6019 or visit tdjacobs.com ever wondered what your soul is how about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth in the important new channeled book conscious living conscious dying ascended master Jehudi, aka thoth and saint germain explains soul life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life, creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Soul's Journey. Welcome back. This is uh, Tom Jacobs, and um, from TDJacobs.com, I'm an evolutionary astrologer and uh, channel. And uh, tonight is kind of uh, this. Uh, so thus far, I've given you an update on all the cool things that are happening regarding channeling stuff and energy work. That every day in August, chance to connect to guides and get energy work from Metatron and Jehudi. Very intense, awesome stuff. And now it's going to be some uh, listener question grab bag uh, stuff. Um, one question – let me find uh, these emails. One question is from Petya, and um, and she, she listened to the um, 12th house show, Demystifying the 12th House recently, and it resonated with her, but she wrote me with a question. She said, I've got Mars and Scorpio in the 12th with a few asteroids, Neptune and Sag in the first, um, and uh, talking about – she knows she 's always believed that things happen for a higher reason, yet with those positions she often feels victimized by people and circumstances and can see no resolution so she she's prone to some de- depression and despair so she says she's working on it, but it 's confusing to draw boundaries and assert personal will and then you know when can she let go and allow things to happen the way they need to and i th- I think um this is a wonderful question because Mars in the twelfth or Neptune in the first can um, can have the effect I'm about to describe. You're supposed to assert something, but it's bigger than you. So what does that look like? Like, uh, please have an ego, but don't really be attached to it and don't really inhabit it. I'm, I'm one of these people who says you need to have ego because you can't run your life without it, but please align ego and will. Uh, with something higher. So with this double thing, and this, this sometimes happens with people with. Uh, I actually had Pluto in the twelfth and Mars in the first, and I was recently working with a client who has uh, uh, Mars in the twelfth and Pluto in the first. And we're kind di- of. I was discussing this with her, um, but Mars in the twelfth, your will needs to be aligned with what's true. Neptune in the first, um, you need to be aligned with what you know is true. So you need to inhabit and embody something that is true for you. So when can you let go? Well, you should have intentions. You should have clear intentions. And then you should understand that what comes to you is, in fact, your guides, the universe, any other helpful beings that are in cahoots behind the scenes trying to try to help you, that everything that comes to you next are those beings helping you see what might hold you back. Now, with Mars in the 12th, especially in Scorpio, and I, I, I um, actually didn't get her, uh, her birth data, so I, um, I, can't, I haven't looked at the chart. I was just getting caught up on emails today after, after a, lots of stone and energy work. Um, but um, Mars in Scorpio in the 12th can feel overwhelmed by things that seem more powerful. So be really clear about where you want to go, Petya, what your goals are, what's important to you. That you're willing to say yes to what's wonderful and no to what isn't. But then understand that what comes next shows you what you're already vibrating. Now with Neptune in the first, it might be, I'm not sure if I get to make decisions. I'm not sure if I have free will. You know, Or I'm not sure where my energy field ends and that of the world or others begins. There's that porousness of ne- that can happen with Neptune in the first. With Mars in the twelfth, you say yes and no. Outside external forces that can seem to overwhelm you may make you believe that you don't have free will, that you can't make Mars choices. But of course, Mars is a natural part of who you are. So have a goal and trust that if life brings you something overpowering, then some part of you holds that belief. This is this is really, really hard because um, we want to believe life is supportive. But the way that our guides in life and even for me, Metatron and Jehudi, as my guides, my helpers, the ways that they are supportive is in showing me what's not clear yet, what's not grounded, what's not uh, free of fear. So if you get things that make you afraid – then you're carrying fear, and these things are simply magnetized to you. So I want you to go through, Petya, your history of something that is overwhelming, of something that falls apart, something where you have an experience of loss, anything like that, that it stands out and has felt overwhelming. And I want you to make the decision to draw a line in the sand for everything that's happened before. Look at that situation as showing you that you have fears about loss or something unraveling or falling apart. Understand that every single thing that comes to you, and this is where we have to have faith with the Neptune 12th house Pisces archetype. Every single thing that comes to you, in fact, resonates like it, uh, it uh, manifests the vibration you're already carrying. I don't say that with criticism. Like When we, when we really get into this, we think, oh, I, you know, it's very easy for a person to think, oh, so I'm to blame for that thing happening? And that's not the point at all. It's just when we live in the twelfth house or with Neptune in the first, we have to understand a bigger picture that has to do with energetic resonance. So you are vibrating something because you've been emotionally affected in the past, and because you're you're vibrating it, part of you is holding on to it, and it could be the meaning of um, this thing happened to me, it hurt me. This is what it seems to mean. That person was cruel. I wasn't protected. I wasn't safe. I wasn't guided. Something like this, or, or you know, uh, some part of us might even feel that since things keep happening, when perhaps we deserve to be hurt. Which then we don't want to believe that, but that's kind of a, a belief that can be in there. Um, but then one will vibrate. That and this is why the 12th house gets such a terrible rap. When I started learning astrology, reading about Pluto and the 12th, I had Pluto-Venus together in the 12th. I started reading about, about those placements. It was horribly depressing. And and it took a decade of sorting all this stuff out and understanding what the 12th house is really about, which is a source for that show that, that, that Petya mentioned in her email. Um, but all that comes to us reflects what we're already vibrating. So we have to be willing to to vibrate faith and in, with Mars in the 12th, courage, be willing to vibrate that you're know that you're strong enough to handle whatever happens. And that's going to be hard. And that's going to be the, that's going to be the evolutionary leap for that. And I, but I really want you to also start or to uh, perhaps lay the, the, the foundation or groundwork for that because of the Neptune in the first, this notion of energetic boundaries, be very clear that you, uh can clear out energies that don't belong to you. Um, since you just found the podcast a few weeks ago, I'll tell you that perhaps you haven't heard, but there's this 13-minute free MP3 a grounding meditation linked from my homepage, tdjacobs.com, and I encourage everybody to get it. I encourage everybody to go get this. One of the steps is clearing out our energy field of energies that don't belong to us. So, Petya, with the first house Neptune, it's going to be really critical that you get that down and work with that for months, for a long time. Clear that out. Neptunian people and Neptune in the first counts. I have Neptune with my moon, so it counts for me too. Um, but we're absorbent until we're not. We're, we're by default aware of other people's energies and absorbent. So uh, really, really important to clear out what doesn't belong to us and then set some clear, firm boundaries that we're not going to absorb energies that aren't good for us. It's, it's a long process, uh, but keep in touch with me over email if you have other questions or write again with a question for the show or get a reading or or um, even read some of the channel books. Jehudi goes into this in the, those five channel books. Uh, but that's the basic idea. We encounter loss. We encounter things that make us afraid. Uh, we can run into things that seem overpowering or are overpowering, but we need to learn that we vibrate those things in our fields that are out of, out of balance to us. So when we encounter a bunch of fear, if we encounter uh yeah, I've been dealing with this as my own second chakra thing. I think I mentioned it on the show last week. If not, it'll sound like out of out of the blue. But I've been dealing a lot with um my history of bullying as a kid, as a as a kid and a teenager, and even into my twenties. Uh and under you know, understanding that, because I went through this process with charging the red Jasper Stones, and that was part of my homework for for doing that. And also the the transforming effects of abuse call. I had to go through my own healing process before. I could do that uh, call. And so the previous week, I kept thinking about all the times in Little League when I was a kid when I got hit by the pitcher. I kept thinking about all those bruises and welts all over my arms and, and my back and my legs uh, and even my neck getting hit by the ball by somebody who's not trying to hit you, but I was attracting Mars problems. Anyway, so, um, so we have to rewrite the history of why these things happened. For me, it was because I felt I, I was afraid and I felt I wasn't safe. So, Petia, I'm going to encourage you to get rid of energies that don't work for you. Use that 13 minute MP3. But then also decide that you're willing to either willing to trust life now that what comes to you serves you, even if it's challenging, you've got to work through it. Or decide that you are willing to get to the place where you can trust that. Willingness is really powerful for something you might not be able to do today. You might not be able to let go of the fear or anger or pain of some situation. But willingness gently opens a door. It's a great way to approach certain affirmations that are really hard to swallow. So Petya, thank you uh thank you for, for writing in and uh and uh also for any of you um writing me with questions for the show, please be patient. And uh, my schedule is definitely filled up since I, or more full, uh, since I started the sliding scale uh, six weeks ago-ish. And uh, one of the things that's happened is I'm slower to respond to some emails. So just give me the benefit of the doubt and be patient with me. Um, you know, okay. So, so thank you for that. And um, let me go back to. Oh, I have another question from uh, Teresa. She writes, um, she found out that her birth time is in fact eight minutes different than she thought. And she asked me, how much would that change her chart? So I just want to give kind of a brief overview answer for anybody exploring this or thinking about chart rectification or, or wondering about minor errors like that. Um, uh, she had she had it as 11.56 p.m. and uh, found out that it was in fact 12.04 a.m. So again, that's eight minutes. And um, every mi- uh, four minutes – difference is one degree of the ascendant one degree difference with the ascendant you can do the math on uh how many ascendant degrees you know how many degrees in the wheel and how many uh minutes in the day but it, you can do it if you want that's fine you can be virgo capricorn if you need to but i'll just tell you it's a uh, one ascendant degree for every four minutes or you can watch solar fire and make it a clock and watch it tick one degree for four minutes so this is two degrees two degrees different in the rising and the rising sign with eight minutes so not that much but you know that that's maybe not an appreciable difference um, but it what it can do is really affect the timing of when you prep and expect transits and progressions uh, obviously ascendant descendant will uh, be different um midheaven wouldn't be that different midheaven ic axis wouldn't be that different uh, but the basic idea is um uh, maybe something changes house but you know if it were 2 degrees away from a from a from a house cusp it it's um it's um, you know it's reasonable to read it in the next house as well in in one or in both houses, so um, so so eight minutes isn't that big of a difference. But when you notice a, tra- a transit or solar arc or uh, progression to the angles, uh, you may notice it may notice it being different. And the moon, the difference in moon would be would be negligible. But I, I just I got the sense from um, from Teresa's question, which a lot of us have. We we spend so much time. With our charts, we spend. Uh, you know, we identify. You know, I I have it in my head. Oh yeah, twelve degrees Libra and four minutes rising. Yep, that's me. You know we have that we have that idea, and we're watching that. and We know that Mars is going to transit it. We know that Jupiter is going to transit. Um, but when it changes, you know that does change things. And especially with outer planet transit, transits, which are much slower. Um, but anyway, it, it's not that much of a difference. But it, it can um, it can shake things up just a little bit in your head if you've really identified and studied astrology. Uh, you know, identified with it, and um, and and, struck and and really studied with that. Um, she also asks if I have um, a recommendation for buying astrology software for Macs or apples, and I don't. I'm actually a, uh, the other kind of person, and it's and it's been a long time since I've used uh, I've used Macs. And in that time, I began doing astrology, so I, I have no idea. I have zero. I have zero idea. But uh, thank you, Teresa, for writing in uh, with that question. And now it's time for the second break. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back.
0: What your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life creating a meaningful life, and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019. Or visit tdjacobs.com.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And I'm actually looking for the third question. This has been driving me crazy. It's Jack sent me the question somehow via Facebook. And... Um, I, I, I don't know where it is, and I feel really silly. So I actually ju- – I, uh, I just wrote her because um, it was within like a two or three days. She sent me an email, and then she posted on my Facebook thing and then also sent me a Facebook message, and I don't know where it is. So anyway, it was a question. It was something about generations, which of course I love doing, and she mentioned Gen X stuff, and uh, she may have implied Gen Y stuff. But anyway um, – so if you're hearing this, Jack, um, send, me an email, send me an email, and that will, uh, and I'll be happy to answer. And if not, an- another week, because I, I really love the, uh, the, the generational conversation and, and looking, and looking at that. Um, so, um, so those are, those are the questions uh, that were sent in. I am. Um, I also actually received another question from somebody, and I've been trying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I was trying to um, come up with. An answer, And I wrote a draft, but Mercury was stationing, and I thought, you know what? It didn't feel right, so maybe it's filling this, this little bit of the show. And it's from somebody named Mel who wrote me, uh, who just had read the blog on the death of a child and says, it makes sense to me. Um, um, he or she is writing – I don't know, Mel, man, woman, I don't know um, – wondering about if I could explain the difference of an example of a soul's contract for a kid – like how would a kid's death you know be be contractual, so to speak, from the soul's perspective? Give an example, and the reason I got kind of stuck on a reply is that i couldn't i I couldn't isolate one example that would explain the whole story, and the email would have been so extremely absurdly long I would have ended up saying, "Hey, get the channel books because the um <laughs> uh understanding loss and death." Goes into all of that stuff. So Mel, if you're listening, I will I will reply to you via email too. But uh, I was really trying to give a, a, substan- a substantial uh, reply, which is not going to be able to happen because you just got to read the, the the Understanding Loss and Death book. Um, but basically, um, I do want to give you give you some ideas, even though I just told you to read the book. I want you to read the book. Um, but essentially, every soul is incarnating as a human to learn about what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom. And um, that means that I need, I as an individual, I need to learn about what love is, blah, blah, blah. I need to learn to cut to the chase. Like we live many, many lifetimes struggling through that, ultimately to realize that other people can't and aren't going to love us the ways that we need. In the first channeled books, Approaching Love, Understanding Loss and Death, Goddess, past, present, and future, and conscious revolution. Uh Jehudi goes through this and talks that phrase comes up, I don't know, many, many times. What love is, where it comes from, who's responsible for giving it to whom. In the fifth book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, he says, well, let me just tell you the end goal here. because you know, Not just talking about that process, but the end result is that we realize we have relationships where we can't get the love we need. We have to become the source of love for ourselves. So I may, uh, you know, in a friendship, I may care about you, but I may lie to you to try to protect you. That's my version, one of my versions of exploring what love is, where it comes from, who's responsible for giving it to whom. Uh, you're gonna be hurt if you find out if, that I might not have, might have kept something from you or not been honest with you, but I'm trying to figure out how to have a loving effect. I'm trying to protect you in that case or shield you from pain. Uh, In another another case, um, we have shared finances and I'm hyper-controlling. Well, I might actually be afraid that you're not going to make the right decisions, meaning I'm not giving you the chance to explore being loving in our shared finance relationship. So I might try to withhold openness and try to clamp down and control everything that we're supposed to share together, that's part of my version of exploring what love is, where it comes from, etc. So all those kinds of human dynamics that can be challenging and or annoying and painful and or abusive, all those things serve each participant or each person in a dynamic, their need to learn as souls what love is to become the source of love. So essentially, we're having tons of relationships where we don't get the love we need. So when you think about how a soul contract, and this is all like divine, like me and my sister, you know, you and your parents, me and my dog, it's all like the souls are all in, in cahoots together, and what I call the conspiracy of love. Actually, Jehudi calls it that. I call it being in cahoots. Uh, which I just like better because it, it paints the picture better. Conspiracy of love. It's poetical. It's wonderful. I've had students tell me I should write a book, uh, called that, but, um, they're in cahoots together. They're conspiring behind the scenes to like, hey, look, I'm going to steal from you. So you learn not to be too attached to money. Great. You know, like, thank you so much for being willing as a human to steal from me or whatever. You know, that's how the souls uh, function. They only love each other. When it comes to a death, I might rely on you to love me. If I tie my ability to be loved to you, part of our contract might be that you die. That's possible. That's possible. Your soul says to my soul, you know what? I'm not going to be there that long this time, and I'm going to give you the chance to feel the loss of love so that you can explore the opportunity, though challenging and very painful and full of grief, etc., to give you the, the opportunity to explore becoming the source of love for yourself. Now, humans um, feel loss and aren't sure how to sometimes we're not sure how to get over that loss i was actually having a conversation with my my mom today and um w- this comes up sometimes like you know dead people in our family and their headstones or ritual or remember she you know she she raised me in a jewish home a reformed jewish home and so she'll talk about yard sites she'll talk about the anniversary of somebody's passing and a friend of hers had lost a a middle-aged son, a friend of hers who, who's her age in his seventies. I had lost a middle-aged son whom I had, I had known a little bit when we were younger. And, um, you know, in talking about that, she, you know, she called, uh, this lady on her son's yard site. And so we talk about that sometimes. It comes up, but like, um, you know, some people haven't learned how to really appreciate being together and then understanding how to let go. But every single human relationship, in fact, is set up such that we need to learn how to be present so we can let go. So if you tie your ability to love to a particular loved one or your, your willingness to relax and be vulnerable and to share and be intimate, if you tie that to one person, that person might not be around forever. Or if somebody ties that on you, you might not be around forever. You know, it is a fact that we, each of us will pass away unless there's a miracle a miracle cure for death that comes down the pike sometime soon, which I'm not holding my breath for because technology is amazing. But, um, uh, you know, death is a great teacher. Death is a great teacher. So, uh, yeah, you're like, where did this show go? It's just so, it's such a downer now. He was, he was so upbeat and focused before and now it's anyway. So, but this is answering Mel's question, trying to give you, trying to give you a, um, kind of a context for how a death would serve a soul contract. Now, that's just kind of in general. And Mel actually asked about a kid, how a four-year-old passing. And uh, think about what that four-year-old could open up with his or her birth in a family system. It could be um, opening a parent to love and vulnerability, opening a parent, inspiring a parent to new levels of responsibility and intentionality and that could serve the soul's journey of that parent for a brief time uh when when a four-year-old passes away it is in fact part of the soul's journey people uh actually heard a medium a few a few months ago i mentioned it on the show and and he, he sounded like, he sounded like he was in touch with stuff and he knew what was going on and, and he received a lot of the same information about death that I had, but he said one thing that was just like waving this big red flag of fear and I was like, oh, okay, right, so he hasn't been shown that. Uh, but, but he said, um, don't, don't tell me that, you know, the death of a child suits you know this perfect and suits the soul's journey and all that stuff and and uh he he didn't know anything about me that i think about this constantly and work with dead people and you know think about all this stuff and channel and then write books and uh, he didn't have any idea we hadn't met and um i just and so i just listened and the whole you know tenor in the room was oh yeah you can't you know don't tell me that you know um but anyway unfortunately you know as hard as it is for us to deal with the time that we are uh, an individual is alive is uh, connected to a bunch of agreements between souls to give them the opportunities to figure out what love is, where it comes from, and who's responsible for giving it to whom, ultimately to become the source of love. And there are times when an individual is born and has a rippling effect, a radical effect in a family system, and that's what was needed. And then the child may go away. And you're like, oh, he's still being a downer. It sounded like he was going to pull back, but no, I'm still doing it. Uh, it's just, it's a really important topic. It's a really important topic. So, Mel, um, uh, thank you, thank you for for sending that question. And I don't know if you, it sounds like you found me through my blog, but I'm going to write back to you and tell you to listen to the show. Um, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate the question and the interest and, uh, read Understanding Loss and Death, which is, you know, the title is very, uh, clear about what the book is. And that's from Ascended Master Judy, and that's available on Kindle and Amazon. Uh, so paperback as well as an ebook and also through my site, tdjacobs.com, uh, as a paperback and a PDF. So, um, I'm still really excited about, um, August, daily energy work. I, I was wondering actually when I was making plans um, if I could do that every day. And uh, I'm doing it with my mom every day, so it's good. It's good. I can. Um, I, I get a sense that doing it every day actually helps me go back to that space intentionally, the space where I'm connected to my guides every day, and I'm connected to Jehudi and Metatron, and I'm running – The frequencies of let's upgrade this vibration. Let's bring something in here that's nice and good and positive and helpful that will provide a stark contrast to some, you know, some residue from some argument or betrayal or the loss of somebody or, you know, the residue in someone's field of criticism or self doubt, shame, guilt, you know, self recrimination or recrimination from others. Uh, pressure to do things, you know the idea of failure, the perceptions by others that you have failed something all these things can have re- residues in our field, and so there you are, fully formed fully functional adult, making decisions in the present moment that are wonderful, but these residues from the past can still vibrate, so why do these patterns persist and and so what I do is I carry this vibration and then I ask you or they ask you we ask you to allow yourself to co-opt it, to kind of sidle up next to it and feel it, and your field will start to adjust. You may get drowsy. You may feel very relaxed. You may feel warm. Uh, Some people do fall asleep when they're receiving energy like this. Um, Consciousness uh, needs to take a break so that something can shift and resolve. Uh, Sometimes our conscious minds try to be involved and just present defense mechanisms or questions, and so sometimes they ended up falling asleep because we get so relaxed. Um, but holding that vibration up and asking you if you want to join with it. So you know, we don't need to do three hours of work every day. We don't need to do energy work all the time. We don't need to talk all the time and do all that. We need to do it every day for fifteen or twenty minutes. This time, you know, this in this case, it's going to be twenty minutes, and um, let you adapt to that as often as your schedule allows during that month. So I realized that one of my jobs, the major part of my job in the short term, at least you know this, this phase of my work, is in holding that vibration and saying, hey, would you like to let go of something that doesn't work for you? And if you say yes, then you join in the circle, as I said earlier, And then we ask you to make decisions to clear things. And it's not just you making that decision. It's you making that decision joined with Jehudi and Metatron who have fierce intentionality and confidence and willpower to make a change and to upgrade things and to release what doesn't work. So it's probable that every day on those, on those calls, you know eighty percent of what is said may be the same sixty eighty percent of what is said may be the same every day and don't think when you're on the third or fourth day and you're doing it like, oh yeah, I've heard this one before get you know this is a rerun, get in the moment, get in the space to uh you know to to be willing to do this and and connect and feel and progressively feel more open, more connected, more grounded, more you know connected to the earth, more connected to your guides, more willing to change and so as we ask you to to shed something, you are co-opting our confidence, like their confidence that I'm carrying for you. It's a really amazing effect. And when I look at it that way, I realize, you know, all the time it took me to learn astrology and then, you know, from some people and then get tutored by Jehudi and work stuff out of my mind and write books and ask questions and do research and all this stuff. And now all that stuff is there and I use it all the time. And uh and yet it's a symbolic language of life, and life is about a conscious conscious evolution and, and, and the evolution of consciousness. And so holding this frequency, if you decide to hang out with it, your consciousness will change for the better. I loved hearing right after the call – or the next morning after the call uh, from my client Maureen in San Francisco. I've mentioned her several times. Uh, she um, she gets the stones and does the work and has done quite a lot of coaching with me. And so I, 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 re- I value her feedback because she's really sensitive to how all this stuff works and, and has really seen uh, tremendous progress in becoming more confident and clearing out the past and so when she you know participates in an event and then writes me right afterward with some feedback i, I really like reading it because i know she gets it she understands what, what it is and she's a willing participant and uh is is really eager to to make changes and she wrote that just being like right after the call she said I she had a headache but the next day she woke up feeling in her body and that testimonial is actually on the uh uh, the full thing is on uh, the 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 page where you can hear the ten and a half minute sample as well as as order that uh, thirty three dollar MP three. Um, so being in the body and and uh, I know that uh, some other people have had the experience uh, with the red stones um, as well as uh, doing the you know, doing the various channeling work lately of having the second chakra activated, having it being very clear what does and doesn't belong to you. That's incredibly important. A lot of people who are drawn to the show are going to be empathic, intuitive people like, um, like Petra wrote in, she had that Mars in the 12th and the Neptune in the first. And that makes for, uh, an empathic, intuitive, sensitive person. We could even say absorbent, you know, sensitive to energies and absorbent. And, um, this this willingness, the confidence to say no, thank you, to what doesn't work for you and what you don't like, is absolutely incredible. So so check out the stones, check out the the channel PDFs, check out this MP3 from Monday's uh, transforming the effects of abuse call, and um, and mark your calendars every day in August, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, for 20 minutes energy work that you're going to you're going to catch up with me and pay for at the end of the month the honor system thing really excited about that and also call me for a reading if you're interested in getting some help and uh, learning about your own astrology journey you can see all that through tdjacobs.com and i'll talk to you next week thank you
0: you've been listening to the soul's journey with tom jacobs a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom for more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.